Today's reading comes from the book of Genesis. It's uh, chapters 1, verses 3 through 25, and verses 31. And it reads, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light, that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let there be dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruits bearing, uh, fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is, it, which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let it be for signs and for seasons, and for days and years, and let them be lights in the expanse of heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on, on, on the earth, to rule over the day and rule over the, and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, Let the waters swarm with, wa uh, with swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. And so God created the great creatures, and every living creature that moves with which, from which the waters swarm according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to its kinds, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Verse 31, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. This is the word of the Lord. Part 1. The goodness of creation. It's good. It is very, very good. The goodness of creation. Part two. The war in the world for the good. There's a war in this world. The war in the world 
for the good. And part three, the song of recreation in you. The song of recreation in you. Goodness of creation. Um, you guys enjoy that video? <laughs> um, I don't know if it was that exact video. Uh, I watched, it was either that or it was a similar one made about seven years ago. And I want to say it was on planet money. I mean, not planet, planet Earth, not planet money. <laughs> planet money, that's a, that's a podcast, uh, which is good too. Um, the Planet Earth documentary, very famous. And um, I watched that. And let me ask you, what kind of reaction did you have when you watched that? <laughs> I mean, it's funny. <laughs> it's incredible. It's uh, beautiful. It's, it's almost hard to believe that that's how it is. That that's how it works, huh? Um, they're called, there's a series of birds in Ecuador. They call them the birds of paradise. And the first time I watched that, I started laughing my head off. And the, the part that just blew my mind was how you have to clean, clean. I got to clean. I was like, it's a good thing that like, men don't have to clean. Otherwise, I'd never get a girl. Right? Uh, that wouldn't have worked for me because I'm not very clean. And, um, and I laughed. And then in my heart, I, I I, I, was, I started to cry. <laughs> I started to cry. And in my heart, I had awe. <laughs> I had this sense of awe. Right? I was like, so just think about this. There's a jungle. There's a forest. And this kind of thing happens regularly. <laughs> it's absolutely beautiful. It's incredible. Right? And... Do you know that that's how it works? This is when God bless them. That's what the Bible says. Bless you. I'll bless you. Be fruitful and multiply. At least for these guys, it looks like this. And um, when I watched this, I, I worshipped. <laughs> that's what happened to me. I said, truly, this world is from God. And only a God who is, what, what do you call that? Genius? <laughs> do you call that art, art artistry? <laughs> you, there's, there's romance. <laughs> there's, uh, there's suspense. Um, there's a love story in there. <laughs> there's poetry in there. There's color in there. There's music, you know. You know? And, and it's funny. <laughs> it's really funny. And, you know, it happens all the time. And except for these two birds, nobody is paying attention. <laughs> Maybe angels. Maybe angels and God. Right? And somehow, you get to the 21st century, and these really strange animals, let's call them animals, human beings, go out into this jungle, put up a camera, and go, let's see what happens. And they get this unbelievable footage. It's like a three-minute footage. 
And it, who knows how long it took to get this, right? And they get this footage, and the whole world sees it. <laughs> that, it doesn't matter what culture you are, what race you are, whether you're rich or poor, if you see that, uh, they'll all, you just basically, what I just said to you was my reaction. I don't know, did you have a reaction like mine? That was my reaction. I'll bet you you had a reaction like mine. And when I was thinking about the sermon, I thought, why tell people? Let's just show them. Let's just show them. And honestly, you know, God just did it that way. Nobody else is seeing it, except for maybe angels and him. And you know what I think? He's thinking, he's like, this will be fun. <laughs> this will be fun. Let's just do it. <laughs> there's, a, there's a Catholic writer in the late 19th century. You know, I don't know. I don't agree with a lot of things that are Catholic, but I think this guy really knows Jesus. His name is G.K. Chesterton. He says something really interesting, which I, I read this when I was about 22 in his book, Orthodoxy. And he said, human beings think there's some kind of a law. There's a law out there. We discovered this law through science. And then, you know, and so there's a law that says the sun comes up every single day. And, you know, he said, he said maybe that's not why it happens, that there's a law. And then since there's a law, it just has to happen. He said, is that really the real explanation? Maybe the better explanation is something like this. God just likes it. And he just says, let's do it again. And he delights in it. And he went on to say something like this. Have you ever been around children? You do some little joke, and then they say, do it again. Do it again. <laughs> you do some like dumb thing, like a fart joke or something like that. And then they go, like, do it again. And then like they, so like, you know, by the time you're like 14 years old, you're like, fart jokes, come on. <laughs> but five-year-olds and six-year-olds, they just never get tired of the same seemingly silly thing. And according to Chesterton, it's because children are full of life. And since children are full of life, that's why they, they do things like this. Just, just because <laughs> they have life, okay? You know, the bird is like, <sighs> and, and then he says, well, maybe God is better than the adults. Maybe he's more like a child, <laughs> and he's full of life. And he says, son, that was cool. Let's do it again. And when I see something like that, I think Chesterton sees something of God. That we arrogant moderns, we think we have it all figured out. We, we figured out the nature. We know everything about the science. We've like cracked open all the secrets. <laughs> we know what, how the world works. Do we? Do we? So there's this unbelievable mating dance. Right? And it happens pretty regularly. And there's other versions of it, other species and so forth. And God is going, hey, let's do that again. And let's do it again. And let's do it again. And it's just because it delights him. 
I'm pretty sure he thinks it's funny too. <laughs> and he's like, it's funny. Let's do it again. <laughs> right? So let me ask you this. What do you think is the more satisfying explanation for what you just saw up there? So let me give you an explanation. This is the 21st century explanation. There was a living cell. It happened by accident. The mitochondria, the nucleus, the blah, 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 because I don't remember the rest of my AP biology. <laughs> All that stuff came together by accident. It was in a primordial soup. And birds are the product of many, 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 super duper lucky accidents. And we have a very fancy word for that called evolution. And then this mating drama came about through a series of Darwinistic natural selection, all done with no regard for what is good. There's like, it's blind. <laughs> There's no good. The only good is that that the bird will get to reproduce, okay? Instead of die out. But there was no purpose. There's no intelligence. Beauty, beauty, what's that? It's, it's an irrelevant word in this story. The laughter and delight that we feel in watching this is all just an accident. <laughs> it's not intrinsic to the actual thing that just occurred. So I don't know why you guys are all laughing. Don't you know that we're all just accidents of a primordial soup? So what is laughter at all? Why are we laughing? <laughs> um, and we know that there's no inherent meaning because everything is nature. We call it naturalism. And we know everything by science. And we don't need this God theory. <laughs> we don't need that part. It's irrelevant. So. That's one explanation for what you just saw up there. That's one explanation, right? And if you went to college <laughs> uh, you know, here in the 21st century, you all know that explanation, right? Like, that's not anything new that I just told you. Let's hear a different explanation. And God said, let the water swarm with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters swarm according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw it was good. And God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill waters in the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. And then in Ecuador, the birds stop doing this. Which one do you think is the better explanation? Hmm? Um, you know, we, 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 uh, we really listen to our, these, and they truly are brilliant people. The people who know our sciences, the top, top folks, right? But do you think they really know why that bird dances? <laughs> do you think they really know? When I read this, I think that's the explanation. Right? And the way my heart reacts, I know 
It's, it's incredible to me. It is hard for me to understand as I go about everyday life, every day. If you see the world this way, it, it totally makes sense to me. There is a God. He is above nature. We call it super, above and beyond nature, supernatural. But he's in the world too. And he made it, oh, ever so good. Ever, ever so good. Um, I want to just say a couple more things. Um, that is the view from the Bible. You know, that's not every, everybody's view. You have this view, this view that, that science explanation, that science explanation I just gave you, and I, I put it in. There's a word for that. It's called scientism. <laughs> that's what the philosophers call it. You know, there's a difference between science and scientism. You know what science is? Science is the true empirical examination of the natural world. Oh, it is ever so good, right? But there is the ideology, the philosophy, the religious belief that everything is natural. And thus science can explain everything. Let me say that again. It is the religious belief that everything is natural and science can explain everything. That is scientism. It's a religious belief. And what we have taught in our schools today is, let's call it the scientism genesis mythology. <laughs> that is what is taught to our children. That is what it was taught to me. And it's not only taught in American schools. Of course, it's taught in the schools all around the world. And yet, I don't really think it takes a whole lot to make you think, maybe that's not real. <laughs> I just showed you a three-minute reality. It is very, very real. That thing I just showed you. You can't deny what that thing is, OK? And when I watch that, I'm like, how can the scientism myth, mythological vision, their religious story, how could that be real? It can't be real. So we have a world where there's all these, you know, people conceive of this. But you know what the Bible teaches you? God made the world good. <laughs> and there's goodness everywhere. It's everywhere. Um, one of my closest friends is an atheist. And uh, except for maybe his wife and his children, you know what he loves more than anything in the world? <laughs> Music was music. And we never get tired of talking about music, listening to music together. And we met in college. I was sort of the older brother. And I, back then, I knew more about music than him. And he knew nothing about the violin. He, he grew up playing piano. And I exposed him to this incredible <laughs> like violin music. And it. You know what his reaction was? It was better than the reaction you guys had when you watched that video. It was like, it, like beauty and goodness streamed into his soul. Today, he teaches me about piano music, about all kinds of music, actually. Right? And do you realize, I was listening to this podcast. You know what this guy said? He said, music is just sound. <laughs> that's what he said. Music is really, at the end of the day, it's sound. I was like, well, that's really interesting. <laughs> it's just sound. 
And I'm like, if it's just sound, when you put it together, how come we have words for it that just make us cry? It's sound that is good. It is very, very, very good. It doesn't matter which culture's music it is. When it's good, I think of Genesis chapter 1. That's the world. Okay? Let's go to part two. There's a war in our soul for what is good. There's a war, war in the world for what's good. This word good. <laughs> and, um, and that war happens not primarily in the blogosphere or in the universities or in our politics. We always, oh, well, there's this war about this. Yeah, yeah, okay. It, people fight about it, and there's a war there. But actually, that war happens inside. <laughs> and... So, let me tell you this. In every human heart, there's an intuitive. It is intuitive. That means you don't have to think about this. A child gets this before they can even talk, before they can reason, before they can do math or, you know, like, uh, you know, like A, B, C, etc. They just know it, intuitively know it. That there's a built-in knowledge and experience of, and get this, eternal goodness. Not some man-made goodness. Eternal. They know there's something beautiful. And that beautiful is something that's just more than just of this earth. And this is supposed to last. It's from forever and forever. And we, we, I listen to songs, secular songs, all the time. And, you know, we watched a mating dance of a drama between a male bird and a female bird. And we sing these songs. You hear these songs. You can hear every day on the radio or on Spotify or wherever you listen to your music. And the songs say things like this. I will love you forever. <laughs> forever and ever. <laughs> when the child can't even talk yet, the child cannot talk yet. The three years old, or maybe two years old, or one year old. And if you say to this child, I will love you, you're the mom. I will love you forever. They completely understand what you're talking about. Do you think I'm making that up? They all know. And if they go out into the world, if something is beautiful, they all know it's beautiful. And if it's ugly, they know it's ugly. They know. I'm not saying every culture has a 100% agreement on what is beautiful versus ugly, because we know that's not true. All right? But you know what? If there's a bell curve, if there's a, it goes like this, you know? So on the edges, <laughs> sometimes people always go, but there's an exception. There's a culture out there. They think it's really great to sacrifice their kids to their God. We're like, oh, they sacrificed their babies to their God. They actually think that's a great thing to do. It's good to them. But if you look at the bell curve, 
99.99% of everybody else goes, oh my goodness, that is not good. That is very, very bad. Everybody knows. So I just want to say this to you. Please don't go for this, look for this little exception because human beings are crazy. <laughs> you want an exception? Some crazy person or even a culture will be out there and they will say evil is good <laughs> and evil is pretty and ugly is beautiful. When everybody else goes, I don't think so. I don't know where you get that. Because you know why that's in there? It's from God. <laughs> that's why it's in there. You and I were made. I haven't even got to that. I haven't even gotten that part in Genesis chapter 1 where he makes us. But just let you say, at the end of that, verse, last, that last verse that our brother read, verse 31, that was after he made human beings. We'll get to that part. He made them male and female. Man, that's a problem today. <laughs> And, and then, did you catch that? Let it be, and it was so, and God saw that it was good. But when you get to verse 31, God saw that it was very good. Very good. And what is in us? What is in us? We're not just a bunch of molecules reasoning. There's all, we have all these 21st, these clever 21st century Educated, <laughs> educated words. We're homo economicus. <laughs> Have you ever heard that term, homo economicus? I was like, oh gosh. <laughs> it's like, you know, like animalis economicus. How about that, right? There's all these terms like that. It's like if you use a Latin verb or a Latin word and throw it in this thing and just treat the human being just like some kind of accidental animal in the naturalistic world, then somehow we, we have like a smarter way of putting it. There's another war going on. On the one hand, there's that. So when I show you that video, I'm not sure if you believe in Jesus or the Bible or God. Maybe you don't think there's a God. But there's something happening inside of you. Let's say you're an atheist. There's something happening inside of you. And you start laughing, and you're delighted. What's happening is the truth of the everlasting goodness of eternal beauty from God in you is alive. <laughs> but wait a second. <laughs> this, but but, but, I, but I'm, I'm smart. <laughs> I'm smart. I went to college. <laughs> I got a five on AP biology, man. <laughs> I went beyond AP biology. I did like whatever, 300 level biochemistry stuff, right? And all those professors told me <laughs> that we don't need that God theory stuff. And they're the best. They're the smartest. And I'm one of those people. And you know what? That's the other part of the war. <laughs> there's a voice. There's a spirit. This spirit, where we see its beauty and delight, that's the Holy Spirit who made the world. And we're reacting to him. This other spirit, it's a dirty spirit. It's a spirit 
that in a previous message I called um, mole land. The human beings are acting like a bunch of moles. A mole, you know, it's an animal that entirely lives underground and <laughs> never sees any light. <laughs> and its natural environment is the dark. <laughs> and doesn't think there's anything above there. There's no super nature. <laughs> there's no God. What is that? This is the whole world, man. Scientism, scientism is the discourse of mole land. And it is a dirty spirit, an unclean spirit in this time. And that's the other spirit in our heart. And it's at war inside of us. <laughs> okay? Well, let me just point out something else. Um, when I was a young man, which isn't like ancient history, okay? I'm kind of old, <laughs> but it's not like, you know, like, uh, you know, like we were, I was getting on a horse and buggy or something like that when I was a kid, all right? <laughs> there was a time when, you know, we, we listened to music on cassettes. Some of you kids like, you know, you guys know what that is? This is a strange thing, it's magnetic, called analog, okay? I lived in during that period. There was a period in American history that the person who does not go to church thought church is good. And if you went to church, they respected you. And if you said the world is made by God, everybody thought that was true. It was really interesting. I'm from the Bay Area, okay? Liberal, godless Bay Area. In the liberal, godless Bay Area, I live north of Berkeley, I live south of Oakland, two of the most liberal places in all of America, where church attendance compared to everybody else in America is really low, very, very low. All my neighbors thought that the world was made by God. And, you know, my, my neighbor was Jewish, so he went to synagogue sometimes. Our family was Korean, we went to church every week. <laughs> And he thought, man, you guys are good. Wow, you guys are good. We, we only go to synagogue like once a month or something like that. You guys go like every week. You're practically there. I like never see you on Sunday because you guys are so into God, and that's so good. But today, the spirit of mole land, the spirit that looks at the world, and they don't worry about things like good, right? That has been cast about to our young people. And it's just normal. It's just a reflexive normal among our young people. Church is dumb. Church is intolerant. God, people who are into that, aren't they hateful? Aren't they backwards? <laughs> Didn't they commit intellectual suicide and are just dumb? And they're bad. And they're bigoted. And isn't all that church stuff mostly just irrelevant? It is a complete sea change. When I was young, it was nothing like this. It was, it was so not like this. And I lived in like the most liberal part of America. Right? And so this is the war that's going on. And so you have young people today, and I don't know if it's because they have bought into the scientism Genesis mythology 
Maybe it's because they have bought that. But generally, the goodness of God in the world, they don't see it. <laughs> they don't see it. It's amazing to me they don't see it. There's a day, there's not a day I wake up and I don't see it. There's not a day I wake up and I don't feel it. Right. I hear it in the music. <laughs> Some atheist comes up with an incredible song, <laughs> and I just go, gosh, God is good. God is good. Right. But our kids don't see it. Right. And I want to say this to you, Revive Church. There's a day that will happen, and they'll wake up, and they'll know that they're living in dark. And they're going to wake up and think, Maybe the way I look at the world is not good. <laughs> Maybe the thing I think is good is actually not good. <laughs> and maybe I'm so desperate, we'll try the God thing. <laughs> okay? Let me go to part three. I said last week, what is the genre of Genesis chapter one? And I took the time to have our brother read most of the chapter to you. Right. And you know why? I wanted you to hear it. I said the genre of Genesis chapter 1 is like a song. Everybody assumes it's like a, hip, it's like a, a news reportage. Okay? It's like front page of the news. What happened? How did it happen? But I don't think that's what it's going on. It's more like a song. So you open the Bible, and it's like, whoa. <laughs> and you can hear the lyrics. And they're repeated. And God said. I told you a few weeks ago, the world is made by word. You know, everybody thinks there's stuff. That's the real world. Actually, in your mind, okay, you, nobody knows all the stuff. So the world isn't actually fundamentally of stuff. In your mind, the world is made of words. <laughs> and in Genesis chapter 1, God said, <laughs> and then there was. And it was so. <laughs> and it was good. <laughs> you could hear that song again and again and again. That is the song of creation. That points to the actual reality of where we're from, right? Doesn't tell you the exact sequence, I don't think, anyway, right? So people get all like, is it 24, exactly 24 hours? Was it long days? I was like, is it, did, did this happen after this? I don't think the text is trying to tell you the exact no, length of the days or the sequence what it is is a song of why he made the world. Not exactly how he made the world, but why he made the world. And why he made the world was, let me tell you it all, who I am. There's a goodness in me, and I'm going to put it everywhere. I'm going to put it everywhere. The word good is almost like, it doesn't seem good enough. <laughs> so we have to use other words. Beautiful. 
and glorious and righteous and wise. And all those words, even then they're not good enough. But the Bible starts off with this word. It's good. The world and all of history is the outpouring, it is the display of God's goodness. That's why he made it, right? Let me close this way. Um, I said before that this first chapter is like a song. In the young people today, they just don't hear that song. In their heart, there's a dirty spirit. It's a dirty spirit that spews the lies of the world. It's not just coming from our professors. It's not just coming from our education establishment. Okay? It's coming from a much darker spirit than that. There's a much darker spirit that's at war inside of so many people's hearts. Some people are young, some people not so young. Right? And those words, those lying words, those lying words make our neighbors not to be able to hear that song. I eat an In-N-Out burger. It's like, whoa, the goodness of God. You know? My mom, you know what she loves about In-N-Out? The lettuce tastes really good. She told me that. She said the lettuce is fresh. Therefore, that's why it's so good. I was like, you mean God made it good? That's good, right? And the song, it plays. Now, so I gave you this verse last week. We are in this creation. And there's something else in this creation, too. It's a much darker evil, unclean, terrible spirit. We haven't gotten to this, next, this chapter where it says that the human beings decided to believe that spirit, not the God of goodness. Right? And it is very normal that the people of this world choose to regularly hear the words of that bad, bad spirit and not hear the song of God. Right? But thankfully, God says he's going to make a new creation. I gave you this verse last week. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. This God does not stop. He put the goodness of himself in the creation, and then... The created ones that he said, it's very good, decided to get very bad. So he said, let's get back to very good and make you a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So I want to say, I want to close this way. God has said many words to recreate you to make your life, which has so many aspects in your life. When you look into your life, you look into your heart, 
You look into the things you do. You look into the things you want to do. You look into the things you want to do, but then you don't do. You look at things you wish you didn't do, but then you do. And don't you regularly say, that is not good. Oh, that is not good. The way you were a husband, <laughs> that was not good. <laughs> the way you, know, you handle money, that is not good. The way you're filled with fear and shame or maybe sadness and depression, there's so many things in the world of your mind, in the world of your heart, which are filled with words. I told you the world is made by word. And the words that you see regularly is, it's not good. But you know that God sees it too. And so, maybe you can hear that song again. Okay? There's a song. It's the song of the new creation, the recreation of you. And we call that the gospel. The words where you'll be recreated. And let me close this way, okay? He said, this is God, so many of my beloved who I made to be very good are living in a world of their own making and so much of what they do is not good. Let there be a redeemer who will recreate the world. And among human beings, there was no one qualified. Nobody could do it. Nobody was good enough. We thought maybe Noah could be good enough. Everybody was so unrighteous. Maybe Moses could be good enough. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe David could be good enough. And we look around the world today, we look for some wise person, some righteous person. And you know what happens? We love them. We revere them. And then a few years later, it shows up on social media that they're not good enough. Isn't that how it is? So he turned to his son, who was the creator, and said, let there be a man born of a virgin among the very poor and oppressed who are my people. And let that man become the recreator of broken lives and a world that is not good. And then it was so. <laughs> and God saw that it was good. Did I just tell you about myth? I just told you history. We know it was so. We have a day. We call that day Christmas. There was so much wickedness and injustice, selfishness, lies, hypocrisies, Phariseeism ruined the world as making it not good. The world and the world of people's hearts and minds was filled with guilt and shame and fear and despair and loneliness. So God said, let this recreating redeemer die the death that all these people deserve to die so that he could bear their sins and wash away all their guilt and all their shame and all their tears forever. And it was so. Oh, and it was very, very good. <laughs> and we have a name for that day. 
You know what we call that day? You know, Good Friday. Seems like a not a good name if you ask me. It should be called the Super Awesome Day. The Greatest Friday. The very, 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 super, very great, great day. Then God said, let the recreator conquer death and bring about a new creation, a new kind of human life, a kind of human life that cannot die and that will not choose to listen to the evil one and that will be incorruptible, imperishable, and holy forever. Right? And there'll be no more tears and no more shame in all the nations and justice and beauty and goodness and love will reign. And it'll be good, very, very good. Huh? So, there was that day. And it was so. And the recreating Redeemer rose again, never to die again. And into history, not myth, history, came the everlasting new creation. And it was very, very good. And let me close with one more. Let the Holy Spirit go forth into the world and go into the depths of the chaos and draw people to the goodness of the recreating Redeemer so that there'll be days in which they are called out of mole land. And they will see my goodness in the Redeemer. And it was so. And it was ever so good. Weren't there some days in your life? Maybe it's when you were really sad. Maybe I'd start like this. It could be weird. It's like this. You, 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 you graduated from a really good college. You're making really good money. You're driving a really nice car. You got your great wife. You got the 2.2 kids and the 2.2 dogs. And then there's this darkness. Maybe there needs to be something more. And then God says, let there be a friend who comes into this person's life. And he would be the carrier of the Holy Spirit and point that person to the recreating Redeemer so they'll be remade. And it was so. And it was so, so good. Brothers and sisters, that's what we live in. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Let's pray. We often don't live as human beings we're like the animal economicus. Because <laughs> we just need money, don't we? And we just need our scientism. And if we have enough money, and if we have enough health, and we have enough distractions, does it really matter? Does God stuff? That isn't a feeling that only the non-Christians have, Father, even that dark feeling, if you want to call it a feeling, is casting 
its darkness into the souls of our children in church, into the souls of our brothers and sisters who believe in you. And we pray, Father, in this church, revive church, we would hear the song of the new creation, of the recreation. You said a lot more other let it be's, and it was so. And through Jesus and the Holy Spirit who leads us to Jesus, that's how we became, and that's how we can taste you. Very, very, very good. So let us now, Lord, go to your table. We will not just hear the song of the recreation. We would eat the song of recreation and take these words into ourselves and let you have the last, last say so that in our hearts, in our lives, in our worlds, you would reign as very, very, very good. And we would dance and we will cry and be in awe of you in all things. We'll dance better than the birds <laughs> and we'll sing better than the birds because you are so good. In Jesus' name.